Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Flip Flops and People Ops. I am your host, Christy. And if you don't follow me on LinkedIn, I hope you do after listening to this episode. If you're new, you can find my profile in the show notes. But this show is all about helping you turn your company into a great place to work by delivering a better employee experience so that you can drive engagement. Engagement is nuanced, messy, tricky business rooted in psychology, which is why it's so hard for you to figure out what it's going to take at your company to get your employees to stop quiet quitting, stop actually quitting, care about the mission and what you guys are trying to get done at your company and be more collaborative and productive and all that great stuff. And today's episode is really important for those of you who have felt like you've been working in an HR role for a year, a couple years, a decade. And for whatever reason, you just can't seem to crack the engagement code in a meaningful way. But you care a lot and you really want it to happen and you have small wins here or there or you implement career mapping so that your employees feel like they have a path to grow and you do events and find ways to make employees feel connected to each other and to the organization. But for whatever reason, it's like you can't get it lifted off the ground in a way that you're hoping. And after so many discussions with lots of you that I love to have, whether it's online or you booked a meeting with me, I hear a lot of you say the same thing to me. I'm trying to drive engagement. It's not working. I can't figure it out. I'm frustrated. I'm burned out myself. I don't know what to do. And my first question is usually actually, who do you report to? And it's the CEO or someone who's very sometimes inaccessible and busy and focused on other things. But my second question then is how big is your budget? How many employees do you have? And a lot of you are an HR team of one or two or three with a lot of employees more than 50, more than a hundred, more than 150. And you're like, we don't have a budget, budget, budget. And I'm like, whoa, listen, it's no wonder it's not you. And you're not crazy. I think you'd be hard pressed to find an HR leader who can create this incredible culture where everyone knows and believes in the company values. They treat each other well employees love their managers, work gets done on time, and people hit their goals, and all hands is incredible with no budget. That's like asking you to pull a rabbit out of your hat and not even giving you the hat and just being like, do it. It's like, well, I can't. It takes money to drive engagement. And we're going to talk about that today, what that should look like and how to ask for budget and position it to your CEO so that you can get it. I made this episode based on a social post that I will link out to in the show notes that got um, a lot of attention and engagement and got a little rowdy because I think a, a lot of you felt seen and heard for the unnecessary suffering on your end. We don't often talk about how hard it is to be in HR and how burned out you guys can be. A lot of what can attribute to your burnout is you're not properly staffed and you don't have the budget to do your job correctly. Would you expect a marketing team to bring in leads with no budget, like a organic Pinterest strategy? And the CEO would be like, generate 200 leads a month. Like, no. And the marketing leader would be like, no, we can't do that. That's impossible. We would have to have lightning strike 16 times in the same place for that to work somehow. And it's the same with you all. You're not 
given a budget. So how can you get movement or traction? And I'll talk about what you could spend the budget on and how to ask for it in a second. But let's just begin with, it takes money to drive engagement. HR isn't often seen as a profit center. You're seen as a cost center. And at this point, this just makes me a little wild, crazy bananas because it doesn't make sense to me. Departments like marketing and engineering and customer success and support, those are considered profit centers because you can easily attribute their activities to revenue, ROI. For example, a sales rep closes a big deal and we can directly correlate how much annual recurring revenue or ARR, sometimes some companies say, that that sales department has generated however many deals over a certain period of time, however long they stay, you can say the sales team generates revenue. Customer success can help customers use more features that were built by engineers. They can upgrade their pricing to pay for more of your offering. So you can directly say that these teams generated this much revenue and we can see how they're impacting the bottom line. Marketing teams stand up campaigns and do their paid ad stuff online to get people to know about your brand so that your future customers can come in to the quote unquote marketing funnel where they start coming to your website, maybe attending webinars, depending on what your business is. They download an ebook, they start looking at your content, and then eventually that leads to a sales call. That sales call might turn into a customer. You can show how much of the bottom line of revenue that marketing has helped to achieve. But HR is somehow seen as a cost center. You're like a necessary part of keeping the business running, but you don't generate any revenue. So it's often the case that you're the last to get headcount, the last to get a seat at the table of the executive team, the leadership team, and the last to get budget. But this is where companies are going to make it or break it in these upcoming years because it's just different now. Employees demand a good employee experience. Not giving HR a budget and seeing them as a profit center is a massive oversight. HR is technically the ultimate profit center. And let me tell you why I feel this way. The core responsibility of any HR, people ops, or culture team, whatever you call it, or however many people you have with titles like that... Your job is to not only make sure every department is staffed properly, but to make sure that those teams are engaged and motivated and want to stay at the company. HR's whole mission is to make sure that teams are productive and that they retain talent and they prevent turnover because turnover is very expensive. Studies show that it takes sometimes months to backfill someone's position properly. And if you consider the time it takes to get a job posting up, meet with the hiring manager, start screening applicants, doing discovery, holding panel interviews, holding the actual interview that's closer to decision-making, making making the offer, they have to give their two weeks, they join the company, they need to onboard. And if you're doing that correctly, remember onboarding is a very early engagement driver and I have lots of content on that. By the time someone's actually ramped up, they say it takes up to six months to really have a handle on the business, who the people are, what their job is, how to be successful in their role, and they feel comfortable. Turnover is expensive. All that time in between that person being fully functioning, you're losing out on productivity and collaboration and optimization and all the things that will move your business forward. So turnover is bad. 
quiet quitting is worse. That's when people want to quit, but they're comfortable enough and they're just kind of getting away with doing the bare minimum and they're just kind of treading water. They're not really doing anything to optimize yada yada. Quiet quitting is not a character flaw by that employee. It's a coping mechanism for the way the work getting done at your company is a little busted or that manager might need some training. I digress. HR's whole job is to make sure everyone's taken care of. That's kind of a big responsibility, don't you think? And I know you know this. You're like, yeah, you're basically describing my job, but okay, let's talk about revenue. Let's talk about ROI. High turnover and disengagement drains resources, wastes time and wrecks your bottom line. Engaged teams who feel like they have a higher purpose. They see how they fit into the bigger picture. They enjoy their manager. They feel supported by their team. They find meaning in the work that they do. That stuff doesn't just happen on accident. That happens from someone like you who's invested in some of the right tools and technology to make sure those experiences unfold against every employee because every employee is unique and a little bit messy. You need technology. You need a budget to make sure that you are making these experiences happen so that the culture becomes that holy grail of everyone's really respectful to each other. Everyone's very high performing. Everyone's really excited. Everyone's invested and engaged. That's what an engaged workforce feels like. Some of us have really never gotten there and you keep hearing engaged, engaged, engaged. I can tell you, I've worked at a few companies that really had this down pat, which is why I feel so confident in telling you some of this qualitative stuff. I know it's true. I've lived it. So you struggle to drive engagement in any meaningful way because you have no budget to effectively drive engagement. Your team needs resources. Again, next week we'll talk about being properly staffed, but we need to talk budget. Your budget should cover generally four things that I've lumped into buckets that I created, but it could be more than this, but I think this is the easiest way for you to take this home. You need an employee experience tool. Tools like Pingboard help make sure your onboarding is dialed in. Your org chart is always up to date for people to refer to. Sounds simple, but it's not easy to keep up with and your employees appreciate having that. A tool to help you send surveys to create your feedback loop to make sure that you understand and can hear from your employees what needs to be fixed in order for them to be engaged. This tool should also make sure one-on-ones are happening across managers and their direct reports to have that trusting relationship of radical candor and psychological safety to grow over time. You need a place for those interactions to happen. You need a place for peer recognition to be visible and easy for people to give and accessible for everyone to see and to celebrate. How could you possibly make sure all those things are happening by yourself? That's why these tools exist. You can't scale yourself per employee going around asking each manager, did you give recognition this week? Hey, employees, did you give any recognition this week? Hey, managers, are you having one-on-ones? Hey, I need to send a survey. Let me get in a Google Doc form thing and just like make it up as I go. No, 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 no. This is why you're burned out. You're trying to like do it organically. And there are tools that have been built based on Gallup and Sherm best practices to help you do these things faster. Save you time and energy, right? That sounds nice. So the first thing that your budget needs to cover is the right employee experience technology. I highly recommend Pingboard. I used it as an employee at another company and now I work for Pingboard. The second thing your budget needs to cover is management coaching. Not necessarily for you, although you could attend. I'm talking about your people managers 
Anyone who has direct reports needs to attend a monthly training. It needs to be baked into your culture that you invest in everybody. For your managers, that means ongoing management training because it doesn't matter if you are a year into management or 30 years, there's always something to learn. There's always thought exercises and situations to work through and have managers think through how they would handle certain situations because management doesn't come with an instruction manual. And we kind of just promote people sometimes and we're like, bye, good luck. You were a strong individual contributor. So let's ask you to do something completely different, which is to take great care of the people and make sure that they're engaged. No, that's a different skill set altogether. And you don't have time necessarily, unless this is a full-time role on the HR team to train and develop people. You don't have time to create a monthly training. You aren't the probably the best practice person on the bleeding edge management training and techniques. You need to be able to hire someone to come in to train your managers, show them the ropes and create some examples for them to follow, frameworks for them to use, give them someone who is an expert in management to ask questions to. That costs money. And it probably costs a lot of money. I would say, you know, that alone could be about $20,000 a year, give or take. But this is why I like to joke that some companies really shouldn't even be in business because if you can't afford to take care of the people, then what are you doing? The third thing you need access to in this budget that it should unlock for you is opportunities to attend educational events. You need to tap into your very helpful and kind HR community at maybe disrupt HR events that cost money for you to attend and network and go to workshops, whatever other trade shows that you need to pause, taking off my HR leader hat for a second, going to learn and be a student for a second, wherever it is, you know, once a year that you get to go deep and go meet other people in your craft so that you can go on LinkedIn or exchange emails and be like, I just sent a survey and like, nobody took it. Do you have any idea why that might be the case? And the person that you met at this trade show, because you got budget to go can be like, Oh my gosh, I listen to flip-flops and people ops. Have you heard of it? Uh, this woman, Christy has all these great tips on how to get employees to take your surveys. It takes a village to drive engagement internally. Your managers need to be well-trained. Your leadership team needs to get what you're doing and why and how they can help impact. But it takes a village in that you need other people in roles just like yours, companies similar size or not further or, you know, not as far along dealing with some of the same issues. We learn through storytelling and the more you can support each other and lean on others like you, it'll heal your imposter syndrome. It will help you have a whole lookbook call book catalog of other people to call and be like, Hey, I'm struggling. Can you talk? And they're going to be like, I'm struggling too, but also I'm not struggling with the same thing. So let me tell you what I do that works. And you can be like, well, I'm not struggling with what you're struggling with. So yeah, let me support you and hold space for you. You need that. So go meet your other HR friends at these events where you're also going to learn the bleeding edge engagement tactics. And I'll probably be there speaking. So I'll see you there. And the fourth thing you need possibly, depending on if you're entering an era of rapid growth or if your culture is already a little bit lackluster, struggling, and like you're just trying to handle the daily onslaught of questions and people who interrupt you and just keep the business running. You might need to hire an HR consultant, maybe a business partner or some kind of consultant engagement expert to come in and help advise you with a third-party set of eyes and brain, hey, 
um, to ask you those tricky questions that you might not think of. Like, can your employees reference your values? Do you think, can you reference your values? Okay, let's start there. That's actually a framework and the foundation on which your company is supposed to stand. People don't know those if they haven't been baked into your culture or baked into your all hands and repeated a lot through applause, which is like peer recognition that Pingboard does. Your employees don't know what to expect when it comes to decision-making and working together as a team or how they're going to be treated if some drama unfolds. So we need to go back to basics. It's causing unnecessary suffering and stress for your employees to not have a scaffolding by which they make decisions. Or it could be like, you know, let's do a management survey to see where exactly the issues lie. Is it a pattern across teams? Is it one team? Is it a lack of clarity on roles? Or maybe people aren't feeling compelled by the mission and the vision of your company. Maybe it's time to redo the format of your all hands because I just attended it and it wasn't very interesting or entertaining and informative in a way that it absolutely could be. And I can help you figure that out. It's like patting your head and rubbing your stomach to run the business and change the business. Sometimes you might just need a consultant to come in and be like, oh, I see very clearly some gaps here that I can help you close. And it's not a ongoing long-term agreement you have to go into, but a, a couple months with an HR engagement specialist consultant type person could help you just catapult yourself into a much more well-defined strategy that's going to help you move the engagement needle in a meaningful way this year. So that's four things your budget should cover. According to me, you need an employee experience tool. You need access to management coaches. You need opportunities to attend educational events. And you need consultants to assist you when times get tough and you're buried. You need to have someone to pull in and be like, help me think about this differently. Now, if your CEO says, well, that's why I hired you. Why do you need a budget? <laughs> because that's often what I hear when I have these heartbreaking conversations and people say, oh, I don't have a budget. And I'm like, why? They're like, oh, my, my CEO basically gave me imposter syndrome and said, that's why I hired you. It's okay. It's just that they don't understand how hard your job is. And what you need to talk about in terms that they care about and what you need to do is ask for the budget in terms of what they care about. So I had another episode a while back talking about how to ask for budget, but it's generally like you need to frame it in terms of revenue, productivity, and the bottom line. What they care about is money. It's their job to keep the business alive. So it makes sense that this is what they care about. If they hear you just say, I need money to attend events, they're going to be like, no, because their job is to save money and make sure that the, the board is happy or whatever situation you're in. So you need to speak in their language and you need to say, Hey, I know I'm not seen as a profit center, but I want to reframe this for you and ask for budget because I need some allocation of money for HR initiatives to drive employee engagement. This investment will directly contribute to revenue growth through increased productivity and retention and solve a lot of the problems that we're trying to figure out. Why are we missing revenue targets? Why are we dealing with a constant drip of talent walking out the door? Why is there a general feeling of yuck in our all hands where people aren't paying attention? Why are people not hitting their goals? Well, it's because we need to completely re-examine our employee experience. But to do that, I'm going to need to invest in tools that will help me do that while also delivering a better employee experience in the interim 
And I also need to pay experts to come in to help me go faster because I am running the business. I need a partner to help me change the business so that we have a shot at long-term scalable revenue. I can make this happen. I will make this happen, but it costs money to drive engagement, to go about it in a way that scales properly and that we identify our gaps and prioritize fixing them in the right way. And to do that, I need to network. I need to bring in other experts and I need to have other people help me with this and say, this problem is not unique to me. It's a common misunderstanding that HR is not a profit center. But if my job is to make sure all the teams are equipped with what they need to feel like the work they do here matters, I need budget to help me go make that happen. And I will. And you can even say like, you and I want the same thing. We want the long-term scalable success of this business. I'm focused on employee engagement, but employee engagement will happen when we also fix issues with productivity. We train our managers appropriately. Employees spend 70% of their time with their managers. And a lot of managers don't mean to, but they're causing a lot of unnecessary suffering. Look, I'd love to be a management expert and train managers once a month, but that's actually a full-time job that we would need to hire someone for because I'm also doing open enrollment. I'm always answering questions. We're, We're onboarding, we're hiring. To do this well, we need to make some investments. So never, ever allow yourself to ever be told again that you are a cost center. You are the ultimate profit center in that your job is to take great care of all the departments so that they stay. That's everyone's ROI of every department added up and put on you. That's your profit center. So you can claim everyone's contributions to the bottom line as something that you accelerated and made happen. Do you see how you're the ultimate profit center? Don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not, okay? So that was this week's episode, just to reframe in your mind that it takes money to drive engagement. You are not a cost center. You are the ultimate profit center. And if you want to join my group Engagement Academy and join a lot of other people just like you in roles similar to yours, tangential, below, you can do some mentoring, people above, you can ask to be mentored, you can ask questions to me or any of the other experts in the space look in the show notes and join my LinkedIn group or just search in LinkedIn engagement Academy. I would love to see you in there. I would love to connect with you, talk to you, answer any questions or just say hi. And as always, thanks for listening. Please share this podcast with your other friends in HR and let them know that they're not crazy. That driving engagement is really tricky, but knowledge sharing and storytelling is how we're going to get there. So thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye everybody.